Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Hello, family. San Bonani Dumelang Dach. It is my joy and honor to share the word with you today as we start this series called The Gospel in Full Color. High Definition HD. The series is about race, justice, and reconciliation. Reconciliation is a journey, not a destination. It is a process that leads to personal, spiritual, and systematic transformation. Our prayer is that through this series, we can go deep and we can go wide in dealing with this issue of race and racism that still plagues our society today. We trust that you will journey with us as we continue with the discussions called Real Talk on Race in your small groups, in your connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, this is a good time to get into a connect group. Our topic today is made in His image. We are made in God's image, Imago Dei in Latin. We are made in the image of God, and we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. And the reason we go to creation, it is where we fight our identity. Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27, in the NIV, it goes, Then God said, Let us make men in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image, and in the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. The Bible starts by saying, let us make mankind in our image. God, the triune God, speaking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and possibly some angels around them, saying, let us make man in our own image. It was John Stott who said, both the dignity and equality of human beings are traced in Scripture in our creation. So if we want to know where we come from, if you want to know our identity, who God has created us to be, we first go to the origins. God created us in His own image. This is to say that we were created equal, but unfortunately we were divided and devalued by race. And also we read in the New Testament how we were revalued. We were united back in Christ Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. So family, as we start the sermon series, I want to submit these three things. We are created equal in the image of God. We were unfortunately devalued by race, but we are united back in Christ. So let's look at this first part. We are equal in God. We were created equal in God. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Imago Dei, in the Hebrew, it means to cut out 
from. We've been cut out from God. It means that we have the capacity to relate to God. It means that we are able to connect with God at a higher level, higher than animals who are not able to connect with God. And this is contrary to evolution. It also means that we share our mental and spiritual faculties that God has. This is a special blessing and it distinguishes us from animals contrary to evolution, as I've said. The Bible is very clear that all of us are created in the image of God, Imago Dei. The creation of humanity, both male and female, Adam and Eve, are made in God's image. This means all of humanity were common or we have common ancestry and bloodline. Male and female were assigned different functions as part of their divine design by the Godhead, but hold equal value as image bearers of the Godhead. We hold equal value before God. Mankind was created to rule over animals, not to rule over each other. We were not created to rule over each other, but to rule over animals. Men and women were created equal before God. Man was not created to rule or dominate over any other man or any other woman. It was because of the fall that things fell off. It was because of the fall that we see the wheels fall of sin entered. Notice that man was never meant to rule over or dominate or devalue anyone. It is because of sin and this is wrong in the eyes of God. Let me put it to you this way. To presuppose that one's race or ethnicity is superior to someone else's is a denial of the fact that all people are created in the image of God. To presuppose that other racial groups or ethnic groups are more senior or superior than others is to deny that we are all created in the image of God. So at the core of racial superiority, it is a belief that some ethnic groups are more valuable than others and treating others as subhuman, which is not Imago Dei. Imago Dei simply means we are all created with dignity and equality. No ethnic group is meant to be superior than the other. We have believed a lie that some people groups are more superior and some are inferior than others. Growing up in apartheid South Africa, I really, really struggled understanding why this racial disparities. Growing up in Room, my dad told me that there were certain things that were reserved for white people and there were certain things that were reserved for black people. I actually struggled with that concept. Hearing it from my dad saying that because white people were superior than others, that damages your brain. It messes with your psyche in your thinking about yourself. And as I was struggling with that concept, it actually led me to joining the struggle against apartheid. And my parents noticed very soon that either I was going to die or end up in exile. So they decided to take me to their exile, which was Buputatswana, which was a homeland at the time under the control of South Africa. And I went to a boarding school in Buputatswana. And uh, even while I was there, myself and some friends of mine, we did cause some commotion. 
you fast forward the story. When I came to study at Wits University, um, I got saved uh, along that time. And um, as I was introduced to Christ, I still struggled with the concept of superiority and inferiority. I struggled with the concept that uh, some races are, are, are higher than others. And uh, through this journey, I'm grateful that uh, our church at the time called His People, we started race and reconciliation seminars that helped me to deal with some of what I was wrestling with. And that was the beginning part of my healing. And, and, and I remember a few years later, we did an exercise where we asked people, and this was mainly staff members at the church at the time, if you were to die and you were given an opportunity to come back, would you want to come back as white or black? Sad to say, most people said, I would rather come back as white because of the privilege that comes with it. It took us a long time to get to a place where we as black people can actually celebrate who we are and how God created us to be. We have a long way to go. We are all created equal in dignity before God. The word dignity in Setswana is siriti, which simply means a person's right to be valued and respected for who they are, just for who you are, without anything, without doing anything, just to be respected for who you are, that's dignity. The recent cliques advert was unfortunate. It exacerbated the very thing that we have been fighting against for many years, racial superiority and inferiority. Just as black people are beginning to own the space of who God has created them to be, and now you get adverts like this that devalue a black person. And in the context of South Africa, we know that uh, colored Indians are also devalued. It was Dr. Martin Luther King who popularized a statement by former President Thomas Jefferson in his I Have a Dream speech in 1963, he said these words, We hold this truth to be self-evident that all men are created equal. All men and women are created equal. Can we get this clear in our minds? That all men and women are created equal. We are all created equal before God. So we are created equal before God. We are divided and devalued by race. And we get united in Christ. So let's look at how we've been divided and devalued by race. The word race is not mentioned in the Bible. The word we find in the Bible for nations is ethnos or ethnicity or ethnic groups, which speaks of uh, different cultures and different languages. That is why we call ourselves a multicultural or multi-ethnic church, because in Scripture, when you read the Bible, you realize that it speaks of ethnicities, not racial groups. Read Acts chapter uh, 17, verse 26, a beautiful prayer um, there. It says, from one man, he made all nations of the world. From one man, from one man, all the nations, all the ethnos were created. So we are all created from one man. Same ancestry, same bloodline. Revelation 7 verse 9, in the ESV it says, 
After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. A description of worship in heaven is that when we get to heaven, it will be all ethnos, all ethnic groups, all languages, all tribes worshiping God together. I like to say, if you don't enjoy multi-ethnic diversity, you're probably not going to enjoy heaven. So start now to practice heaven on earth. Get to know people of different cultures. Overcome this racial divide that has come through sin. So where does the concept of race come from? Race is a social construct by anthropologists. As John Piper writes in his book, Bloodlines, which I will recommend, he speaks about how science serves the superior. And in his book, he writes about the history of the word race. And I want to read it for you so I don't misquote any of this. The leading racial theorist of the late 18th century Europe, Johann Friedrich Blumenbach, who lived from, 19, from 1752 to 1840, who began his career by subscribing to a four-part division of humanity. However, by the third edition of his canonical work of racial classification, Die Generis Humani Varietate, he had divided mankind into basic five racial types, Caucasians, Mongolian, Ethiopians, Malay, and Americans. This in itself does not sound prejudicial. But the problem is that Blumenbach assumed a ranking of superior and inferior in the human classifications he proposed. This is what he said. The Caucasian, Blumenbach argued, had been the original racial form of mankind, of which the four latter types were generations. So he is simply saying the Caucasian, European-looking, white people are superior. And then at the end, right at the end, were the Ethiopians, which is Africans, black people, and the rest in the middle. Something is wrong with that picture. This historical use of the concept of race in the service of preferential description, of describing people based on their physical uh, structure, how they look, physical features, and the uh, skin color, should make us pause and be careful on the way we think about race. The category of race as a way of classifying humans according to physical features is not in the Bible. Racism values one race over the other. The definition of racism in John Piper's book, racism is an explicit or implicit belief or practice that qualitatively distinguishes or values one race over other races. Racism devalues other ethnic groups and classifies them as subhuman. Something is wrong with that picture. I want to quote uh, Nonkululeko Kobodo who is in the process of writing the, this book called Awaken. And really, Nonkuleko goes into the impact of colonialism and apartheid to black folk in South Africa today. This is what she writes. We have not fully dealt with the psychological damage of colonialism 
apartheid and racism. The wounds run deep. We see it in the brokenness of our society today. Part of our healing is knowing that we are all created in the image of God. Imago Dei. We are all created equal in the image of God. We are divided by race, but we are united in Christ. This leads me to my last point. We are united in Christ. We are made one in Christ. When we read Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, the Bible says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, if we belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring as according to the promise. We are all as according to the promise of God. The words that are key here that the Bible addresses is there's neither Greek nor Jew. So in Christ, we are all one. There's neither male or female. In Christ, we are all equal. That must get us thinking. The theme of oneness of humanity can be seen throughout the Bible and it is a backdrop of Jesus' ministry. We are one human family with many cultural expressions. This rich mosaic of people that God has created, that's what we will be in heaven. We are united in Christ. The Bible is also a multi-ethnic, a multicultural book that touches on all continents, that touches on all people groups of the world. The Bible we f in the Bible, we find Asians, Africans, Europeans, uh, different people groups in the Bible. In case you were wondering, uh, Ethiopia and Egypt are in the Bible and they are in Africa. One of the things that we, the church in Africa, need to deal with is how Christ and Christianity was introduced to us. The only physical description of Jesus that we find in the Bible is in uh, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, when you read from verse uh, 14 to 15, it actually speaks about the glorified Jesus, who to me doesn't look anyway white or European. We also read in Matthew chapter 2, a very interesting collection of scripture there, because it was just after Jesus was born, and um, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and says to Joseph, Take Mary, your wife, and your son, Jesus, to go and hide in Egypt from Herod, who was trying to kill Jesus at the time. Interesting, Bible scholars says it seems like the Lord wanted Jesus to go hide south in Africa, where he can blend better with ease than going up north. I know that for some people that might be a little bit challenging, but that is to say Jesus was not born in Europe. He was born in the Middle East, just for clarity. He was Afro-Asiatic, or he was Middle Eastern. How did Jesus become a white European? It was the European artists who were attempting to develop images of Jesus. And now this became a problem because uh, white men 
became uh, cast in stone as a dominant image of Jesus Christ. It was to support Europe's colonial expansion and the capture and enslavement of black Africans, said to say. This image was a stamp of approval for their actions at the time. These images were used to demonstrate that white people were superior than people of color by virtue of the whiteness of Jesus. Uh, the effects of, of white Jesus are both theological and psychological. An exclusively white Jesus not only narrows our understanding of him, it sends a message that Jesus connects to the powerful and not the oppressed. The importance of an Afro-Asiatic Jesus, the way he looks as a Jew or Middle Eastern Jesus, increases relevancy to the people of Africa and Asia. Jesus is no longer perceived as a stranger, a foreigner, an enemy, or an oppressor. A Jesus of color might set even our white brothers and sisters free. One of our leaders recently asked the question, how would Christianity be received if Jesus was presented as black? That got me thinking. 2 Corinthians 5.16 in the NIV, the Bible says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. We do not look at Christ in a fleshly way. We cannot classify Christ. What we need is to regain an all-inclusive Christ for all people. This will help us in regaining the true identity, Imago Dei, who God has created us. We are all created equal in God. In conclusion, we are created equal in the image of God, divided by race, united, revalued, brought back, made one in Christ Jesus. The problem is that we have believed a lie. We have believed a lie that some are superior than others. We have believed a lie that has caused so many problems we have today. If I think that I can just take on someone's life, whether it's a cop killing someone else, it is wrong. Whether it's people uh, uh, killing farmers today, that is wrong. We need to condemn it. We have believed a lie and we need to undo that lie. When you read Numbers chapter 13, it's a very interesting story of the 12 spies who were sent to spy the promised land. Ten came back terrified and they said, we will not be able to overcome and take over the land. And only the two, Joshua and Caleb, were strong enough to say, we are well able to go and take over the land. But what gets me thinking is uh, the words of the ten who were terrified who believe the lie about themselves. Listen to what they say. They say, when we went there, we saw the Nephilims, the giants, the sons of Anak, who came from Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. They're saying when we look at the mirror and we look at ourselves, we seem to ourselves as grasshoppers. We seem to ourselves as inferior. We don't have what it takes. And now here the light comes in. They are even believing that the other people are seeing themselves that way. They are seeing them that way. 
That's believing a lie. Believing a lie about your identity will cripple you. Believing that you are less than who God has created you will cripple you. I believe that all the racial groups who have believed a lie, that others are superior than others, and we need to undo that lie. Whether you're black, colored, Indian, Asian, African, white, we have believed a lie, and we need to undo the lie. As we get ready to pray, I want to remind you that Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that we like to speak about so much when it says, go and make disciples of all nations. It says, go and make disciples of all ethnic groups. The gospel is not for some people. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ for all ethnicities. The gospel is about dying on the cross to restore Imago Dei to restore the image of God. So when we disciple people, when we teach them who God has made them to be, we are bringing them back to the image of God, to understanding who they are. So the way I want us to pray today is that we need to repent for the lie that we've believed. We need to repent for how we have um, treated other people as subhuman. We need to condemn xenophobia. We need to condemn farm murders. We need to condemn any racial bias that seeks to treat others as subhuman. Let us pray. Father, I pray that uh, you will do a deep work in our hearts through this word. I pray that God, we will repent where we have treated other people as subhuman. I pray that God, we will uh, repent for when we have exacerbated this demon of racism, Father God. Help us to undo it, Father God. Help us to undo the lie that the enemy has made us believe. Lord, I pray that even in the coming weeks, as we talk about reconciliation, as we talk about freedom, Lord God, I pray that, Father God, we will do all that we can, Father God, to undo, Father God, what the enemy has done to divide us, Father. I pray in particular, Lord God, for the nation of South Africa. I pray for the nations of Southern Africa, Lord God. May we, Lord God, repent for this demon of racism and may we change for the sake of future generations. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, this is something I want to give you to take away. Lisa Sharon Harper writes, Shalom is when the image of God is recognized protected and cultivated in every single human shalom the peace of god it is when the image of god is recognized is protected and it is nurtured in every single human being god bless you thank you to all of you who were able to access our online poll and give your opinion about whether you want to come back to church or not pastor Sai, thank you for that powerful and challenging word may all of us remember that the very next human being we meet is created in the very image of God. And ultimately, His plan and desire for all of us is that we will be one man in Jesus Christ. Have a spectacular week. God bless you.